show is sponsored by Trail Run Events, host of amazing races in beautiful places. Their next race is the Valley Crest Trails 10K and Half Marathon, happening Saturday, June 11th on the historic Mulholland Fire Road. Treating runners to valley and ocean views, this race is located outside the hustle of greater Los Angeles, but close enough for day tripping or sightseeing. These distances are perfect for trail newbies or those needing a training race. For a complete list of races, visit trailrunevents.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Trail runner, mother runner, badass, mountain runner. Welcome to the Ultra Ladies Show. I'm your host, Sarah Terhar. And I'm your host, Nancy Shura Durvin. And every week, we're here to educate, share stories, and humor that help inspire you to run your first ultra or your best ultra. Whether you're on a run, commuting to work, or busy parenting, get ready for some laughter and some real talk about this gritty sport we all love. Running mountains since 1994, the Ultra Ladies, based in Los Angeles, have been helping provide fun, safe, and sustainable mountain running for women who remain an underrepresented group in the sport. Hi, Nancy. How are you? I'm great today, Sarah. We got to go see the Rams win their game last night at SoFi Stadium. So that's a lot of fun because my husband and I are both football fans. How are you today? That's fun. I'm great. Yeah. My dogs are very spunky and rambunctious. They ran around a bunch this morning, so hopefully they won't move around too much during the podcast. But yeah, we were talking about our dogs before we started filming this. We did. So if our audience hears little woof, woof, that's Sarah's dogs. And if they hear a killer, that's my dog, Bruno. Yeah, my big dog doesn't bark too much unless we get a delivery at the door. And of course she does. But yeah, dog friendly here. You might hear them in and out, but we do our best to keep it somewhat quiet. So today, Nancy, we're going to talk about what on the Coaching Corner episode? So yes, today the subject of our uh, show is training basics for ultras, and we will talk about periodization and the process of adaptation and how it affects your running. So today is part one of a multi-series about training basics that we'll present under our Coaching Corner theme. So today we're going to talk about adaptation, a change or a process of change by which an organism or species becomes better suited to its environment. And adaptation is is a super important part of training because you've all heard of these uh, couch to marathon training plans and the process that that occurs when a person goes from being a couch to a, a marathon runner is adaptation. And adaptation is a, is a slow process of change that helps that person become really adapted and suited to marathon running. Other examples of adaptation that you might've learned in, in school would be the way plants can adapt to, let's say, dry, hot deserts. When you, when you see a long uh, giraffe's neck or you see the web feet on duck, they, they didn't all originate that way, but they grew what they needed in the case of a giraffe, a long neck, to be able to reach the food. 
And so adaptation can often require centuries for that change to occur. However, in the case of couch to runner, adaptation can occur in just a few short months even. Sarah, I think you're gonna talk about periodization. I am, I am. So adaptation, it's the interesting examples you gave us there because we definitely go through some changes as a runner when we do high and low training periods which is the point of training altogether, really. But periodization, as defined on our lovely Wikipedia, is periodization is a systematic planning of athletic and physical training. The aim is to reach the best possible performance in the most important competition of the year. It involves progressive cycling of various aspects of a training program during a specific period, which is, I know, a lot to think about right there in that little definition of it. But it basically adaptation occurs through exposure to stress followed by recovery or backing off. So you expose, you back off, and then you repeat. And that's why in your training period, you have high peak periods and you have low resting periods and low mileage periods in running. New reset to meet the next higher demand in performance. And without backing off the rest, our body would just break down from overexposure to stress. Think about overtraining when you hear that definition used. It's a big buzzword in ultra running. But by allowing periods of rest, the body can reset its new homeostasis. And we have a lovely slide here. I'm going to share my screen so you all can see it. And homeostasis, you. for anyone who doesn't know what homeostasis means, it's where it's it's the the environment that you are most comfortable in. Yes. Just to define that. Go ahead, Sarah. Yeah. So here's the adaptation slide one that we have here that shows where at the bottom the training is light and you're going to start improving with some load. Then you move into a heavier load, and you can see as you increase that it goes into an adaptation zone and you're going to alternate that with periods of rest and by going down and then back up, you can then take on more load the next time as your body goes through the changes during rest. And it's during those bottom periods you see in the chart here is when your body's going to get the most of that change and that adaptation that prepares you for the next load that you'll endure. Nancy, do you have an elaboration yeah. on this? Well, we coach Sorry. exactly according to this um, example. Uh, so for example, we're gonna talk in a minute about high and low uh, running weeks, but what Sarah said is true. If all we do is expose ourselves to stress, um, the stress can overwhelm us, overwhelm the organism. An example I can think of with that would be heat training that I did for the Badwater 135. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to get in that sauna and very gradually increase my time in the sauna. Of course, if I would have jumped in the sauna and not gotten out, I would have gotten ill and possibly died, right? Mm -hmm. But by going into that sauna with, with increasing exposure, followed by time out of the sauna, my body gradually adapted that I was able to run in Death Valley in the morning, in the middle of the whole day at temperatures that were about 128, 129 mm -hmm. without dying. And, that, and your core body temperature is even higher. So an example of that adaptation 
occurs when you remove the stress and your body tries to find a new set point. Mm -hmm. So thermal regulation is a form of of adaptation as well. True. Um, so when, when starting to train for ultras, uh, some of the things that we look forward with our athletes is that they have a good base of running Mm -hmm. and, uh, we don't want to just jump into ultra running couch to ultra running uh, over a period of a month or two, because that process of adaptation is going to put too much strain on the athlete to do it that quickly. And the body will eventually, Uh, start to peak out and not be able to continue to improve. Uh, A base of running mileage should go on for probably six months to a year, depending on the athlete. If you're going to go couch to a marathon, then it could be a good six six months to a year of of training that you need to do before you start your training periodization for the actual event that you want to run. Base running strengthens muscles and ligaments, It it adds more density to your bone. One of the uh, more common uh, overtraining injuries in a newer athlete is stress fracture. So that base running, not only as a new runner, but also in the middle of your downtime when you're not peaking for an ultramarathon, go back to that base running to really improve bone density and reduce risk of injury um, and make you a lot stronger. I think too many ultramarathoners like to go from ultramarathon to ultramarathon to ultramarathon and that suddenly becomes their base but what happens is the the quality of performance and the improvement cannot sustain you've got to come down on the other side and do some recovery which is your base training so yeah Absolutely. And this is why also if if you're a runner or you know people that have been runners for many years before they run ultra or they're thinking about running ultra, that is the exact reason why they're great candidates for starting to become an ultra runner because they have already a built-in period from their lifetime of running or their many years of running that is prepared their body to be ready to adapt to higher loads. They have the stronger bone density, they have the legs uh, underneath them with the, in regards to muscle strength, ligament strength, they have everything they need in order to launch right into ultra because they have been doing it for years and their body has already been through that kind of base adaptation period. So then we move on to periodization and uh, we've got high and low weeks in a periodization period. So we do cycle these depending on your level of base that you may have. We increase weekly mileage by 10% or 20% every other week. More commonly, 10% depends on the athlete. So, uh, high, so that 10% increase is also known as the Galloway method, increasing by 10% to reduce injury, just so the runners can maybe relate yeah. to that. Sure. Hard weeks stress your body and then easy weeks are your recovery period where that adaptation occurs in the periodization. Got to think again, adaptation, rest is adaptation. Your body is still actually working during that time. A lot of people think they're resting, they're not doing anything, but it's actually equally as important as when you're running. We have another slide here that I will throw up while you start to talk about hard and easy runs, Nancy. Yeah, um, so hard runs, easy runs, or high weeks, low weeks, 
is that uh, process of allowing recovery. And according to the Galloway method, uh, we increase long runs by 10% each week. Or if we have an athlete who's brand new at ultra marathon running, we might allow that athlete to do a high week followed by a low week and cycle high, low, high, low. In that case, it means we're going to increase their high week by 20% because they're running uh, they're running a high mileage every other week instead of every week. Mm -hmm. We also have some more experienced or veteran ultra runners who are able to train three high weeks followed by one recovery week. Mm -hmm. So it all depends on their base and their experience as an athlete and their history of injury, how often we will stack high weeks together and then offer a low week. And what so else is going tell us on about in our, life, right? Oh, absolutely. Because yeah. stress, remember, stress is what we're exposing the body to in order to create a change mm -hmm. and, and that adaptation. So there's a lot of stuff about stress, and we'll probably do a whole uh, podcast on stress. But stress is running is stress. Work is stress. Bills are stress. Everything is stress and running is now increasing the load. So we're adding more stress to the person. Of course. And that's why we, we focus on where to put those recovery weeks. Yeah. And, and if an athlete is really straining to keep up or to perform to their optimal ability on a schedule of one type, such as three high, one low, then we may choose to go to a two high, one low, or even every other week to get a better performance out of them and to allow them a little more rest, just find a little bit better of a balance. I mean, I don't think there's something as hundred percent balance, but we're always striving to a better balance. So yeah, those are all determining factors in how we, how we routinely make their. I think plans. I'll add Sarah that one of the uh, measurements that we use because we can't go with subjective feedback necessarily from a runner who says, oh, my run was great, I felt great, or oh, I was exhausted, I had to turn back early. What we usually do is add resting heart rate into the, into the mix. So we have our runners check their morning resting heart rate every day. And at the end of the week, they give us a, a, a balance, an average of their resting heart rate for the week. But that runner will know that even if their run felt good to them, if their resting heart rate is high the next morning, uh, higher than baseline, they probably need to swap it out, swap this run out for an easy run or a shorter run or let or just a, a more casual pace until their resting heart rate comes back to the to baseline again. That's certainly a measurement of stress. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So on this display, you should see a slide up here that shows a periodized schedule and what that might look like here with regard to the ups and downs. And you can see some different options here. We've got some where we've got the training, training stimulus, we've got new and varied, and then we've got new varied and new varied, and it's increasing every other time where we have rest, right? In between, we have another example, example B, that shows if you leave it the same, what it might look like your body doesn't go through very much change because it's adapted to the training schedule that you've been doing. You haven't changed enough to increase that strength and maximize your performance. And then you've got option C, 
where you may be doing some overtraining and you are going a little on the excessive side. And what happens is your body doesn't really accept those and it's maximized out and you're at risk, as Nancy said, for injuring yourself. So as we're increasing the um, volume of the running, uh, we're also um, identifying certain specific runs that are a priority for the athlete. We have um, the long training run and also known as uh, long slow distance LSD. We have the next day run, which is the day after the long training run, which is uh, somewhat of a recovery run, but it's also about running when your body is, has just bounced back from a harder effort. So those are called back-to-back -back training runs. We also have a midweek run that's a speed workout. We call that tempo running. We're not big believers in running repeats on the track when you have ultra mileage on your legs. I, I feel like speed workouts on track are best suited for distance runners up to maybe half marathon. And once you start pushing toward the marathon and ultra distance, you just have too much wear and tear on your legs each weekend to be going out and doing at a higher intensity speed workout. So we recommend tempo running. And then we also throw in bonus miles for our runners. So they're able to um, add a couple more days of running each week. And those would be the miles that the, the runner would eliminate if they felt that their heart rate was too high in the morning or that they need an extra rest day, maybe. maybe. So those are the key ingredients of our training program. The long run for ultra, the back-to-back -back next day, about half the distance of the day before, and a good tempo run midweek, followed by a couple of just fun run days, either side of the tempo. Absolutely. And the exceptions to those would be that if an athlete has a specific goal in mind for maybe a specific race or a specific adventure run, there might be some specificity added to their training plan in those cases. So maybe they're going to run a really like flat and fast ultra that's maybe a looped course or something and their goal is a time goal, then they may be doing some speed work in their training plan leading up to a race like that. But those would be the exceptions. If they're going to run something that is going to have a lot of gain and loss and they're going to be doing a lot of really technical trails, then the specificity is going to be trail and less track as Nancy was saying. So and I love it that you, I love it that Sarah, you covered that because you know, I can't say specificity very specificity, easily. I know we're all being, good at it got tongue twisters <laughs> today in the show, but yeah. So that, that, that is some examples in case you're wondering, oh, well, my coach has me do this might be because of that, or maybe you're one of our athletes or you become one of our athletes and you see those things added to your, your plan. It's probably, a, there's probably a reason for it. So. Right. We have an athlete right now we're training who's going to run American river for her first 50 mile. Mm -hmm. So she's running, um, on trail for half of her long run and then she's hitting the pavement for the other half because American River has about a marathon on a paved bike path in fact I think it's concrete bike path which probably hurts more and then the second half is all beautiful trails so that's that specificity of training that Sarah just mentioned good I did it thanks and the same I mean to give you another example I have a seasoned athlete who will be running the looped jackpot race and he is going for 
more of a timed effort since there is only 80 feet of gain and loss on each loop. We don't have to worry about too much and part of it is paved and part of it is a crushed gravel park path. So he is going for more of faster speed and he's going to do the hourly part of that race. So he's trying to fit in maximum miles within his time and it's more of a paced effort. So we can kind of calculate what effort he's going to be doing at what pace for how long and really easily time his aid station stops. So he is going for more speed and is doing some speed workouts right now in order to hit those goals. After that, he's headed into some very mountainous stuff. So his specificity is going to change as he heads into those other races. So yeah, that's, that was a, those are good examples. So this last section we want to talk about is just peaking for your race. Every wave that we build into your training is going to peak and then you're going to crash, meaning you're going to come down and have that nice rest period. And the goal is to have the most improvement in proximity to your race date. As Nancy was saying, again, here we are. This is like a, this is like a test specificity. We should just call this the specificity episode. I, I, I jinxed it. <laughs> We're going to taper you down fresh for your race so that you, you know, increase rest, increase again, rest, increase again, rest. And then you're going to yeah. taper down for your race and have a nice yeah. fresh legs, fresh period right before your, your hardest run. You so Sarah, through. Sarah, yeah. I, I, I want to ask, say something about yeah. the wave thing. Yeah. Um, maybe it was the surfer in me, but anyway, um, when we're training, and we're building, 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 building. Eventually, we're going to stop improving. Mm -hmm. And then we're going to decondition mm -hmm. if the stress is too much. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to building, 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 mm -hmm. it's a very good idea to, to look at it like a wave forming. So it's, it's getting bigger, it's getting bigger, it's getting bigger. And then the wave is going to come over the peak. And we want to get you running in this peak period before the wave comes down and you decompensate. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's have, you know, have you look at it that way. You can only hold that crest of the wave for so, so long because waves do that. They roll in, they build, 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 and then they crash to the sand. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And what Nancy's talking about is that peak. And if you peak too early, it creates diminished return. That's the best way to say it really. And you're going to have slower running. You're going to lose motivation. You're going to be tired. You're going to have overuse injuries. You're just, you're really going to feel it. You're going to be like, oh, why I've run so good. Why, why don't I feel like that? Yeah. It's because you've hit that, that period. And I also have, I have experience with a lot of runners who, who have gotten injured over the course of their training. And you know what they always say when they've been injured? They say, I was running so well. I just got a PR and I just placed in my age division at these races. And now I'm injured. Yeah. <laughs> really pushing the bar. Yeah. So. I like this analogy you give, Nancy. It's like growing hair. It requires time. That's right. So we can't expect big things overnight. You know, we want to have our hair grow long and I don't like it at this length because it's always doing it, doing what it wants to do and I can't control it. And it's a very impatient process waiting for that to grow out. So when we measure a runner's improvement, 
you know, we really have to look over months for sure, because that improvement is going to occur gradually. The best and healthiest improvement will occur gradually, Absolutely. not just one race, but, but they're overall running. Absolutely. Yeah. This has been such a good informative episode, and I feel like a good start to our coaching corner episodes for our runners as we progress through several topics on this show. So I hope you've enjoyed it and look forward to more shows on the coaching corner and important topics moving forward. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, friends, for listening today. Your support helps us continue to bring you valuable content. So remember to like, subscribe, and share on your preferred channels. You can connect with us personally on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Links to those as well as our production team, sponsors, and guests can be found in the show notes. Female owned and supported, the Ultra Lady Show is also made possible with help from Stephanie Winninger Marketing, an ultra running working mom who also does podcast production, website design, e-commerce, SEO, and more. And Catherine, a spunky nine-year-old who created our music and who's already running towards amazing things. Till next time, let's get out there and be more ultra, less lady. is sponsored by Trail Run Events, host of amazing races in beautiful places. Their next race is the Valley Crest Trails 10K and Half Marathon, happening Saturday, June 11th on the historic Mulholland Fire Road. Treating runners to valley and ocean views, this race is located outside the hustle of greater Los Angeles, but close enough for day tripping or sightseeing. These distances are perfect for trail newbies or those needing a training race. For a complete list of races, visit trailrunevents.com or follow them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.